I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screen writing It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening You're pinning words All like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, y'all? Wakanda. Yeah. I hear you over there. You can speak it. Yell it out. Wakanda. That's right. So y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. So, little disclaimer, little Miss Liz, Miss Lisa Bolacaja is out today, mm-hmm. but we got my man mm-hmm. sitting in with us today, the OG himself, <laughs> the pimp dog. That's right. <laughs> Our big brother, Paul Gio, writer, Hello. producer himself. You guys see him on uh, NCIS, over there co-EP in that show. What's going on, Paul? NCIS New Orleans. No, I always forget that not shit. The, not the one that's been It's like 900 years. of them, goddammit. Yeah. Yeah, they've made a few dollars on that franchise. Didn't they? Jesus Christ. What's up, Chris Derrick? Yeah, much. In the house? Doing well. From the writing and directing team, the Derrick Brothers? Mm-hmm. All in a good mood today. I love that. I saw the artwork. It looks good. For the new movie, the movie for, we're going to be doing? Poster, that's yeah. Good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I'll show you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen anything. Yeah. I'll show you. Hey, why are you hiding? Uh, <laughs> I brought it with me. I'll show it to you in a second. Um, <laughs> that was yeah, I was just was messing around with, uh, you know, we're trying to find a, tight, a, a right title. And I wanted to just um, make some mock posters of various titles just to get an for idea. For the thing? Yeah, for the movie. Yeah. Just to get an idea. Yeah, because I was talking to someone about it. I was talking to a money guy about it, and he was like, well, I don't have to tell you have totally works for me because I tell people about it, and their face doesn't register anything. And I said, okay, but like, if I told you the title was Get Out before the movie came right. out, would you even know what that movie's about? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And, but, and, and, and then the minute you see the poster, you start understanding a lot more about what it means. Right. So that's what I It do. helps. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It helps. So, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get into the show. Yeah. So, today, I thought it'd be a really cool episode since it's the beginning of the year. Um, so, Mr. Paul Gio put out this really fucking deep ass um, um, thread of a tweet the other day on New Year's Eve, right? New Year's. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wow. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. And um, it was at, at, the, at the heart of it, you were talking about. Setting your plans against your goals, and I was like, "Ooh, let's really go into that." And so, let's just talk about your tweet, how you came up with that, and then let's go into what you were really trying to say. Cool. Yeah, it was a long one. Right. Um, I uh, it was New Year's Eve, and I had the the backstory, and I think I kicked the tweet off with this. I I had um, I done been on a bunch of television shows and been through a bunch of stuff, and in 2015 was a real watershed year for me and I've talked about it I think a little bit on the show before Mm -hmm. I had a I had a relationship go 
sideways unexpectedly and it was right at the same time I was on this television series where the head of the studio and the showrunner were at war and the show guy in a, got dumped in my lap and I got mm. sent up to Portland mm -hmm. for uh, like seven or eight months to just sort of run the show and usually you know writer writes the episode if you're if you're shooting off-site outside mm -hmm. LA and they send that writer up to cover their episode right. and this one because it was such a mess that year they just planted me up there and so I was just covering every episode so that means you were out of the room I was out of the room right. and try yeah and so I was I was trying to run a room from, <laughs> from Portland an LA room from Portland <laughs> and I was trying to handle production mm -hmm. and the head of the studio and the showrunner the showrunner had a, had a broadcast show a pilot got picked up so he was on that mm -hmm. head of the studio took offense to that <laughs> and I got thrown in the middle and then on top of all this I just got my legs cut out from under me right. in this personal relationship but anyways I came through that and I sort of found myself and and lost a lot of the self-loathing that a lot of writers tend to come into this gig with. Can I, can, I'm going to be interrupting you throughout the whole thing yeah. just so that people get an idea. How did you come out of that? Uh, I came out of it so much better in every facet of my existence because mm -hmm. I was thrown into a situation that if you had asked me before, I would say I am not qualified for that. Really? I cannot... I cannot run that show on my own. Mm -hmm. I, I can't do that. I cannot uh, handle life without this woman. Right. I cannot, right. you know, oversee, the, make decisions and, and, and be creative on a series that I don't even watch myself. That's not even a genre that I care about. <laughs> like, it was like every. Sometimes you take the check. Sometimes and and I, well, I was originally, I mean, I got hired on it because right. I, I knew the, the showrunner is a good friend and he's an amazing showrunner. And when he called me up and said, hey, we're doing the show, mm -hmm. I was like, that's not my show. And right. he, goes, he goes, I know. He goes, I'm going to have a room full of, of nerds and geeks. And he <laughs> right. goes, and I need you to be the story guy. I need mm -hmm. you to make sure that it still tracks character-wise and story-wise. Mm -hmm. And that was my gig. Um but anyways, I came through that. I, I, I literally, and I've talked about this a bunch. So if yeah. I'm repeating it for anyone listening, <laughs> I'm sorry. But like, I, I literally had days that year where I'd go, I show up on set, and there's 200 people waiting for you to tell them what to do. Mm -hmm. And I'd be on set, and I'd be talking to the director and talking to the actors in rehearsal, and this is what we're gonna do, and this and that, and you guys go over there, and you guys need to do this. And then I would say, all right, I got to run to the restroom, <clears throat> and I would go to the bathroom, and I would completely break down wow. and just like sob right. for. 90 seconds or however wow. long until I got control of myself and then it was like then it was all that jazz then it was like look in See, the mirror showtime folks I love folks. these stories and, you know me I love yeah. this type and of shit I went back <laughs> out and I did my job right. and then day after day and I also what was great is I I was I used to be super heavy, and then I got on, you know, I started riding mm -hmm. a bike and everything, and I lost a bunch of weight, but I came into that. I call that. them sexy legs, you know, he got them <laughs> big-ass running legs and shit. I, see I, yeah, <laughs> I, I came into that year, like, hovering between 200 and 210, mm -hmm. and this is like February, March, April of 2015. When I got home at the end of September of that year, I weighed 168. Really? And it wasn't unhealthy. It was mm. like a fit 168, because right, right. I just quit. I didn't have time to eat my feelings, which mm -hmm. is what I usually did, you know. Which is hard not to do on the set, too. They just it, totally, all yeah. kind of and shit. I, but I was so busy between being in charge and then trying to keep my shit from completely right. falling apart in front of everyone mm -hmm. and losing my career. 
And in the middle of it, which is maybe a whole nother episode we can talk about, <laughs> um, I was accused of sexual harassment. What? Yeah. You? That's the first oh, time I publicly said that. And it's, oh, yeah, and it's a crazy me, story for another out. episode. But it's like, <laughs> it gives me an incredible perspective right. of that whole Me Too thing, which is absolutely, mm-hmm. ran- and, it's, and it's a horrifying story. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened was I, I had done something with a, to sort of, I don't know, I didn't get into it, but I, I stepped on an elevator. There was a day player PA. It wasn't even part of the production, and we were in this building. This is a really quick divergence to no what problem. we're talking we good, about. We good, we And <clears throat> so there was an elevator running up and down between production and base camp, you know, because uh-huh. we were shooting upstairs in this giant building. And I stepped on, and I'm, I'm the guy in charge of this place. Right. Like, I am the, I'm the co-EP, but I'm running this thing. Mm-hmm. And the day player PA, I, I didn't, didn't even know her name, you know, because we had... 100 extras that day so we had all the extra you know help and stepped onto this elevator with me and the door started to close and this one of our regular PAs jumped in this real young kid he's real kind of cherubic and just cheery and always you know everything's a joke and mm-hmm. and he was supposed to have been on the elevator cuz he's the guy that was make he was all he his job that day was to stay on the elevator right. so he jumped in like right before the doors closed and he looks up and he realized and and here's the boss wow. and here's this this young girl and he's so nervous because he was away from where he should have been that he made this joke and he goes like oh geez oh gosh i'm sorry you guys i didn't mean to interrupt if you wanted some private time in this elevator (laughs) and i just i was standing next to the girl and look and i did this and i'm gonna own it because this made this person uncomfortable i leaned my shoulder against hers i put my head on hers and i go oh yeah that's exactly what happened carl or whatever his name was and then and I and then I looked and I go, are you fucking serious? I go, don't. And I, and I literally said in that moment, I go, I go, I go, don't be like that, man. Right. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That was the end of it. Right. <clears throat> Two weeks later, I was called into the office by the UPM and wow. saying, you've been accused of sexual harassment. And then wow. what happened was, <laughs> I couldn't. I like that incident. I found out later that's what it was, mm-hmm. and I own that. I shouldn't have done that. Mm. You know, but I did it. It made her uncomfortable, and she reported it. But for, I I didn't find that out till later. And what was so horrible about it is the way it was handled. That studio, which I won't name, but it's mm-hmm. easy to look up yeah. on IMDb, is an independent studio, and it is it's not a good place. And 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 they wouldn't tell me. Like I understand you don't you know you don't have to name your accuser, but. Not only would they not tell me the context of what I was being accused of, I found out they had had meetings about it before they even told me. And so, like, with the first AD and with the production design, and so, like, I walk back onto the set. And everybody knows. And the whole crew is suddenly like, you're oh, a fucking, a, you're a fucking, sexual predator. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and again, because they didn't tell them what the incident wow. was or what anything, it was a two- Worst days of my life professionally because one, I was spinning because I'm running everything through my head. Because I mean, you know how sets are, mm-hmm. and I have always, since back in my stand in days, <clears throat> I have never done the thing that I call, you know, the set back rub. Mm-hmm. You know, that thing where mm-hmm. everybody's like using, you know, right. hanging out on location together as an excuse to touch each other. They're in like, a huddle and people are just yeah, standing behind. Right. <laughs> I have always maintained like such a specific aware thing you do not invade someone else's space Mm -hmm. um, unless you're tight with them and you know that that's a okay thing 
I had no idea. Like, I didn't know if I was being accused of raping someone. I didn't know if I was being accused of trying to kiss somebody. I had no idea. And I called my reps, and I told them what happened. I told them how it was being handled, and they, at the time, it was great. They were like, we're going to war. They're going, they have violated, like, like they got a lawyer on the phone as well as my entertainment lawyer, and these guys had violated, like, three or four OSHA laws as how they handle a situation like this. Like, you don't call meetings with other people Mm -hmm. on the set. And and meanwhile, still, I'm freaking out because, like, like the first idea of the thing, she was a really good friend of mine. We don't speak anymore. Wow. Because she just turned on me. And it turns out she actually eventually actually knew or had in her mind what the situation was. But anyways, here's the sick, sick part of that story. I get called up. So, so my agents go to war. We're like, we're, we're fighting this because this is career ending. You right. know, this is so totally. serious. And this is 2015, two years right. before all the Weinstein mm-hmm. stuff. So if this was now, you'd have been dead. Oh, I'd be, right. I'd be gone. Right. I'd be gone. I'd There'd be, be no... Right. I, there would be no trial. Right. There would be no... I would be gone. Mm-hmm. And what was good for me is that that place was so dysfunctional. And so I literally... This is honest to God truth. And it's the first time I'm telling this publicly. Head of the studio calls me up and... Because, <clears throat> excuse me, obviously he hears that you know, what's going on and that Paul Gio's reps are saying are, are going to fight this because mm-hmm. you, first of all, we don't even know what he's done. I still at this point did not know mm. what the incident was. And he calls me up, this guy who's been working in Hollywood for years and years and just one of these big names like all the people that are coming out. And he mm-hmm. tells me, he goes, hey, Paul, uh, listen, um, don't worry about it, man. He goes, what you have to understand, and I will never forget this line as Mm -hmm. long as I live. (laughs) This guy, honest to God, said this to me. He goes, you got to understand, being accused of sexual harassment in Hollywood is a badge of honor. Oh, he did not. (laughs) I swear to God, that man, he said that. (laughs) He did not. And you you know exactly who I'm talking about. (laughs) I don't know exactly. And and I said, what? A badge. And he goes, oh, yeah, man. He goes, it's a badge of honor. And he goes, listen, I've been accused of it so many times. And I was at Warner Brothers once where they were saying I was showing porn to the interns. And, I, and he's like, you just got to roll. It'll be forgotten about. And it's just part of, it's part of having power in Hollywood, man. Wow. And I just thought, okay, I'm done. I just, I'm not working for this guy another second. And... I called up my agents and I'm like, I'm leaving. And they're like, dude, you can't. I go, my life is falling apart. Right. I'm in the middle of mm-hmm. all this stuff. I just want to go home. Right. Man. My kids are 2,000 miles away. I just want to go home. <laughs> yeah. And my agent, thank God, it was, actually, it was actually my lawyer, Greg Gelman, who was like, he's the best, man. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would not, not be standing without <clears throat> my lawyer today, Greg Gelman, Morris Yorn, shout out to them. <laughs> and he was like, brother, he goes, you just have to endure. He goes, we will get through this. We are going to make sure that we get to the bottom of this. We are going to throw everything at them legally until they come forward and tell you what exactly has happened and what you've been accused of and what the situation was. 24 hours after that, he got, he's like, you just got to survive. I'm like, all right. 24 hours later, <laughs> this is another horrible thing about Hollywood. The whole thing goes away <laughs> because within that 24-hour period, Two other sexual harassment claims are filed on that show, one against one of the actors and one against one of the crew members 
who it turned out was like the second or third charge against them that over over the last wow. couple of seasons. Huh. Suddenly they forgot about me. <laughs> Meanwhile, so that so for that part of it was like, okay, that pressure's off, but I was still not sleeping. I was like, what did I do? Mm-hmm. What did I do? And the first AD wasn't talking to me anymore. And, and, you know, these people, the line producer that was in this meeting that I wasn't in before they ever told me. And finally, one of the people, the second, second AD. You're talking man, about people in the key crew. Oh, if yeah. If you can't communicate with them, right. you it's, are out of the whole. I don't know right. how the, the show goes on. <laughs> right. It, it, it was madness. It, it was complete madness. And that's what, and this is like, a, I'll, I'll bring this all back to what mm-hmm. we're going to talk about today. This was part of the insanity of that year. The second, second AD, who was a, a buddy of mine at the time, we would play golf on the weekends. We had this crew that, that golfed together. Mm-hmm. And when it all came down, like, Gio's a sexual predator, they, they were, everybody kind of backed away wow, from me. And it man. was like, it was horrifying, man. And he came up to me after, you know, the smoke cleared and everybody started pointing. And they started trying to do damage control for the mm-hmm. actor and the other, and the people that were much more important than me, covering <laughs> their asses. And he's the one that told me what happened. Oh, the incident. And the incident. Know. And he said, and the reason it went away too is that again, and, and I should buy this guy a steak dinner if I ever see him again. <laughs> I don't remember that PA's name, the guy who was the elevator mm-hmm. operator that day. Mm-hmm. Apparently, when, when it went around the whole AD troop and stuff, he came forward and he's like, oh no, I was there. Mm-hmm. I can tell you exactly what happened mm-hmm. and what Gio did. And, you know, yes, you know, it absolved me of like, okay, I didn't do anything lecherous or treacherous. But look, I still made that human being uncomfortable. Right. So I did something I should not have done. And but the guy, the the kid came forward and said, you know, I was I was in the elevator with them. They were never in the elevator alone. I saw the incident, blah, blah. So he kind of I mean he kind of instigated it to a certain exactly. degree. Right. And, and, he, right. and to his credit, he owned it. You know, he came out and he said, hey, I was there, man. Mm-hmm. This is what happened. This is what I did. I was away from my post. I came running in. I tried to make a bad joke. You know, Gio did his thing and tried to, you know, be funny and at the same time kind of slammed me down. And so, so it was forgotten about. But, like, but I've been there for there was like 70 hours of my life where but now made you not trust the whole system well right. yeah i mean i still i trust the system in i mean the sense in, of, there oh that. oh there is right. it was it was a disaster that's it. yeah that's it like and that. before that happened and this is because i worked on another show with the same studio mm-hmm. and they were they were burying they were burying stuff back then and the thing that kills me about the guy that called me up and said you know sexual harassment's a badge of honor oh <laughs> Um, that guy, when all the Weinstein stuff went down this past year, I saw his quote in one of the trades <laughs> saying like how awful that is and how you're right. We've got to take a stand against it. Wow. And me, and I'm just sitting there going, oh man, you, you evil son of a bitch. That's wild. Um, that's wild. Anyways. That was a good story. That was a good story. Really but look, but trip this out. I appreciate how you're being really, you know, open about this. Cause that's I know this, this show's about, this shit is deep. You know, yeah. to talk about it puts you on a on a on a you know on on the pedestal in front of everybody, and everybody has to listen to this shit coming yeah, from your I mean, heart. I'm so that's why I want, that's that's why I appreciated your tweets. I felt like you were doing the exact same thing. Yeah. So you know what, what I mean? happened? So I so I came out of 2015. 
I got home. I had survived. The show got made. The show was actually pretty good. I I rewrote an entire episode in 18 hours one time. <laughs> I was just like, I got done. And when I finally got home and took a breath, I looked back and I was like, I'm so much better than I thought I was. Mm. I got it done. Right. I can run a show. Well, let's, right. You know what it is? It's, it's the thing about what happens in a lot of things. It's the baptism of fire. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, you know, I mean, people have heard that term a lot, you know, and what does it really mean, everything like that. But it's, you know, it's, you get hammered. It's mm-hmm. like the steel is being forged. It the is, sword man. being so forged. You get hammered. And you think about a samurai sword, just like they get folded forged in four, fire. three, four hundred times to get that blade strong. And it's like you have to deal with that. And when it's happening, it hurts completely because right. it's like, what the <clears throat> fuck? And, and it's like, and like fire, like, like every aspect of your life is burning. And mm-hmm. there's no, I mean, it's, it's on every angle. It's like you can't turn anywhere and find that moment of just, I need to take a breath. I need to take a breath. And you can't. And it's really, really difficult. And I think that, you know, when people go through that, they are able to kind of like see what they're about, like really That's see it. what they're about. It's, like, that, it's, it's the best analogy I can come up with is that forged in fire because you either are going to come out harder and stronger or you're going to get burned up. You're gonna and, you're gonna be on, and I mean, I had, I, and I'm not. The, I'm see, not it a, all came down to you at the same time. Yeah, it was, it was a perfect storm right. of everything. And, and, and I'm not exaggerating when I say like when I went to the bathroom and had to like, handle myself and then mm-hmm. there were nights like I was I was on the fetal position on the hotel room floor just sobbing and mm-hmm. and I there were times when I was talking myself out of putting a gun in my mouth mm-hmm. and it was like if I didn't have my kids I probably would have mm-hmm. and it was like I'm not doing that to my kids right. and I but now I went through that with the exception of the sexual harassment part I wouldn't <laughs> change one second of that whole year and what I went through because I came out of that, like I said, I was shredded, I was fit, I was feeling confident, I was feeling great, and that is when I knew I was ready to do Black 22s. Right. And four months later, sold it in a bidding war. Right. And then 2016 was all about that, and everybody's heard that story ad mm-hmm. nauseum. And then what happened to me is that all went away and went away for some really bad reasons. Right. And it just broke me like I felt like because look I working through so much personal stuff all my life like I had a lot of 2015 was I I went so far down that I could deal with the really deep deep shit of like why am I so self-loathing why do I hate myself so much why Mm -hmm. and I got deep into the past of my life and worked through that and so then Black 22s happened, and I was thought, I made it, man. Right. I'm the top of the mountain. I right. came through the fire. I am a fucking samurai sword, you know? Right. And then it was just, the rug was pulled out from under me. And what happened was, instead of, like, dusting myself off and go, okay, that wasn't nothing like what I already went through, I just let it, I was like, I let it kick my ass again. In 2017, I just gave up. Like, mm. I just, I took a job on a show and I'm doing my job and the show's great and fine and I'm good at my job but creatively I quit on myself 
And I think I said in that tweet storm... You weren't writing anything of your own. I didn't write one word in 2017 of my own. And I was telling people I was. I was like, yeah, I'm working on the Black 22's feature, Mm -hmm. and I'm working on this other thing. And I would go, and I'd open my file, and I'd rewrite two or three sentences, and then I would go, you know, to Twitter, or I would do something, or I would go eat. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I ended 2015 at 168 pounds. I ended 2017 at 199 pounds. Wow. And I was like, so I can't, I went home for the holidays. I went home for He's Christmas. still pretty, though. He's still pretty. <laughs> I'm going to be pretty again. You watch. <laughs> so I went home, and I saw my kids. And that, the other thing is, too, I'm on a show right now where the people in charge of the show are not as open to my travel plans as other shows I've been on. So, mm-hmm. like... I've only I've seen my kid before before the holiday break. I had seen my kids for a total of about forty eight hours since June. What? Yeah, it, it's that's just, not like you at all. No, it's not, <laughs> and it's just this show, and it's the way these guys run the show. Right. But that's another story. Um, but I went home and I saw them, and that was another thing too. I was like, okay. I'm still that dad. I'm, I'm, cause I'd come through 2015 too. Like when I, I lost that personal relationship. And then mm-hmm. when I worked through all my stuff, I was like, Oh, that wasn't the relationship for me at all. I had built it up. Cause I'd come out of a divorce. It was the first relationship out of the divorce. And I was like, this is what love right. is. Right. This is passion. Right. This is it. You know, Rebound. Like, yeah, exactly. That is exactly. it. It exactly. was, I mean, it was a Patrick Ewing rebound all the way. It was snatched out of the air, four inches above the rim. And, um, and I, but I identified and I acknowledged all that and I released it. And anyways, I got home this holiday, and I was, it was just great. My, my break with my kids couldn't have gone any better. My kids are in great shape. Mm-hmm. God bless them. And, um, yeah, and they all look like they're doing good. The they're they're amazing. They I'm mm-hmm. so blessed. And it was playing during that. Playing golf well? What's that? And they're playing golf well? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my son, yeah. But I had, so I was on script for the show I'm on for NCIS New Orleans over mm-hmm. the break, and I didn't want to, I was so just wanting to just, drown myself and my children again mm-hmm. that normally I would have come in and I was like, all right, guys, hey, guys, all right, well, I need a couple hours because I think we're going to script. Um, by the time this airs, I'll already be shooting this episode, so if you guys want to fire me, then fire me. But <laughs> I didn't hey, write a you word. you turned it in on time. That's the point. I, I didn't write a word of that episode <laughs> until <laughs> I got on the plane to leave. And I realized because of 2015, because of what I had gone through and stuff, and even though I'd had this really bad 2017 year, I just, I found my, I don't know, something happened in St. Louis where I was like, dude, you can do this again. You let yourself fall, but you climbed out of a hole so much deeper than this. All this is right now is you lost a year of creativity and you ate a bunch of bad food. You can, you can kick. I saw some of those food you had on Instagram. That stuff looked good. <laughs> I know, yeah, that, I agree. That, that poison That's Santa Monica. Like, see, you know what's funny? <laughs> see, see, you, those, you, exactly. you, know, you know it's not McDonald's and Arby's. Nah, and you shit. like that. He, he was eating good. Well, it's well, funny you say that. Because that. that's, you know what? That was the self-medication I was doing last year. Is like, I was going, I was spending money at these fancy resorts and these things hanging out. And I was like, you know, I'm making good money. I mm-hmm. made a bunch of money on that TV show that didn't go, and mm-hmm. I was just, that's how I was medicating myself. Right. I was just avoiding creativity right. by just sort of celebrating my success. 
and I just realized which is all another that. way you spend your money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I and I realized all that in Saint Louis. So I got on that plane to go home, and or I mean to come back to LA, mm-hmm. and I I I wrote that script without any problem in in less than two days, mm. and how that sounds like, oh my God, you wrote a whole episode in less than two days. And I realized I've been doing this long enough now, you know, right. I can write a script in the time it takes most people to read a script. Right. And that's not because I'm anything special. Mm-hmm. You just, you know how it is. The more you write, the, the more better you, write, you get. Right. And the better you get, you don't have to think about know. what goes yeah. there and how does this you work. Know? Right. And I just, and when <laughs> I was doing that in the middle of that, and this is, this is what caused the tweet storm on New Year's Eve. Because everybody's talking about 2018 and what they're going to do. Because I was going to ask you, where were you when you wrote that tweet? Like, where were you? Were you I, in the hotel just chilling? Or what, what happened? What spawned it? I was. And let's tell everybody, what, what's, your, what's your, your Twitter so people can go look, look for it? Everybody. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm <coughs> at Fizzhog. To, <laughs> F-I-Z-Z-H-O-G-G. It's a, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> but uh, you can just put my name in Paul Geo on Twitter and it'll come up. But it's at Fizzhog. And um, where I was... G-U-Y-O-T. Yes. It looks like Guyot, um, but it's pronounced like Leo with a G. Right. So I was sitting... I, I left St. Louis, flew to Dallas-Fort Worth, mm-hmm. and I was supposed to have like a 55-minute connection, you know, and it turned into like I had a two-hour layover because right. of icing and stuff. Right. I was just sitting in the airport, and I was just watching. You know, I'm just looking around at life... I'm coming through. I'd realized in that, you know, two-hour plane flight I'd just been on, I wrote 34 pages of this ep- of this episode, mm-hmm. and I was like, God, man, I forgot I can do this. Well, you know, this, this, is, this is the thing I think that people, you know, you have a, a highly developed skill, mm-hmm. and I think that where people hear they hear things like that and they don't believe it is. I mean, you know the story, and you know the characters. You know, like it's 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 not like I'm coming up for this from scratch. No, you know? no, there, I had an like, outline. I had a 14 page outline that I had right, right. busted and, my ass and, on. And, and and so that's where it's like the discipline and the skill and the focus right. allows you to say, okay, I'm gonna get this done. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm gonna get this done. I'm not gonna fuck around. I'm gonna do this because I well, should I get paid for this? So I might as well. Well, but that, Chris, what you're saying is the exact moment that that instigated the tweet storm was because I sat there and I had literally had this moment where I was like, I was scrolling back through the episode and I was like, man, I work a lot harder for other people than I do for myself. Mm. And when that phrase went through my head, I was like, what are you doing, man? Mm. And I was just, and in that I moment, I'm being tears by the end of this episode. In, in that moment, I was just done. I was like, never again, <laughs> right. never again, am right. I going to put myself second? Well, it was, I mean, okay, see, that's an interesting point because, like, I feel that when you trade dollars for time, you're always kind of underestimating yourself sure. because you never know what you can create that is now then yours. And that's what everyone really, really wants to come in here and do. They want to mm-hmm. come here and say, I got my ideas to mm-hmm. do. 
a lot of people don't have that there's not an opportunity to do them or they get stuck in doing something else and they can't. I mean, as a friend of mine, as a feature writer, uh, I mean, I talked to him the other day and he was like, I haven't read anything new for me in 10 years. 10 years? Oh, because they do a lot of assignments. Because he's doing assignments, right, you know? Right. I'm just, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I'm like, I mean, that's cool and all. And I'm, just, and I'm you know, you got your kid, you got your house, you do blah, blah, blah. But I'm kind of like, there's a, there's a certain amount of like, for me, that I'm missing something if I'm not doing what I wanted to do. That's that's what you I know? can do because I was like, like I said, I was making plenty of money. I was spending money. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can buy watches again. I can give my kids this and mm-hmm. this, and and I can do all this. And Christmas was you know amazing, and mm-hmm. um, it wasn't satisfying my soul. And I was like, why am I so depressed? Why am I so fat again? And <laughs> if I have all this like great stuff going. And I just and I just That's started. Real. I love it. I, love I just it. The, the the tweet thing was going to be the whole thing like I don't do New Year's resolutions, but I'm gonna make some serious legit plans for twenty eighteen. And that was gonna be the tweet. I was just right. gonna send that out and then and just I just started going. talking to myself. Right. And I just started saying, Well, I should probably give some context to this. <laughs> exactly. And then it came to and that's my whole thing, the plans versus goals thing is like I feel like a lot of people and I've done it myself in the past, you know, especially when you come into a new year and you set these goals, you know. I got here's my goals for this year. Right. To me, you already put yourself behind the eight ball when you do that because you're undercutting your responsibility to achieve that because you're it's a goal it's a target i'm right. gonna throw a dart and i hope i hit that target you right. know i'm gonna throw 500 darts if i don't hit the target i didn't achieve that goal but right. gosh dang it that was a goal and i had another goal and i was just like i'm not messing with that i am going to write three features this year mm. and i'm going to finish this other this prose thing i have I don't know what I'm going to do for money. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to take another job after this show's over. I don't know. I'm going to see where I am financially. I have no idea if these three features I'm going to do are going to sell at all. Mm-hmm. But And that was one thing I was getting into with some of the aspiring writers on Twitter is you can't, I don't think, I think you're dead as soon as you sit down to write something because you know this thing's going to sell. Right. I'm going to make me some money I'm the off first this. person right. to say that's a problem because I would say literally the last... I'd say five years of me writing. I was telling you someone time at dinner. I was like, I was writing so much stuff that I was like, oh, I'm gonna write this to sell. It. I'm gonna write this to sell it. Mm-hmm. And it's like something about it, the work that it doesn't. It's not for you when you're writing. Yeah, to sell it. you're 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 not gonna you be. Write, you might sell it, you might but sell it's it. not gonna be as good as it could be. be. The best writing you, is when right? you're writing. You know, they say like, write the show you want to watch, mm-hmm. write the movie you want to see. Mm-hmm. You know, write what you know. There's so many, I get so mad when, I don't get mad, but I just, I roll my eyes when these other writers come out and go, that's the stupidest thing. You know, how can you know about aliens on another planet? You don't write what you know. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't understand what that But means. it's about writing what you're passionate about. It's if you're about, passionate yeah, about aliens, it's about writing what you like. That you know about heartbreak. <laughs> right. You know about, you know, being, like, abused. You know about this and that. And you know, like, like what you just said, what you're passionate about. You know, write that. And this, like, so this feature of my show that that died, you know, which I have these, I have one amazing actor already committed to it and probably Mm -hmm. another one. I should have written that by May of last year. And I just, and and I I wrote, I actually just had an exchange with David Mm -hmm. uh, on January 2nd or 3rd, David Oyelowo, 
and I just That's owned it. That's his cousin, it. by the way, just so you know. <laughs> and well, he's he's the guy attached to this, and I and I owned it because you know he was probably expecting a script six eight months ago, and I just uh, it's not like he wasn't busy. <laughs> no, but I contacted him, and what I just said, "What is he doing? He's not doing anything. Oh, no, he ain't got no job. What is he, he doing? Do? He ain't doing nothing. <laughs> right? His new movie looks funny, actually. Uh, Gringo, have you seen the trailer for that? Oh. He looks at David's doing comedy. He's really? got chops, man. Okay, boy's got skills. So, anyways, I contacted him, and I was just like, I just owned it. I said, "Look, man, I." There's no other reason it didn't get done except me, you know, and he totally understood. He and I are really close, and, mm-hmm. and I I told him I'm going to write it now, and I didn't say, like, I'm going to try and write it. Right. I'm going to write it, and there's just no question in my mind. That's why I said it's my plan, and there's two other feature projects that I should have already written, and I haven't. And so once I sent that tweet thing out, and I didn't even think anything, I sent it out, you know, and went right back to my thing. You got a lot of people talking about it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. and I, I went back to my thing, and, and like I got on the connecting flight back to L.A. then, and I finished that episode of NCIS New Orleans, and I got back, and... Were you right on the plane? I was right on the plane. <laughs> two hours yeah. here, two hours there, that's yeah. it. <laughs> and then, so I, I mean, you know, that wasn't what I turned in, but that was the draft. Like, I got no, to, I just, I just, I got to I the mean, end. I was just curious, because I think, you know, it's like I, some people always ask about you know places to write and everything like that I mean there's times where I've like been to a movie theater early and I'm writing there yeah mm-hmm. the thing because you can just focus it all out and just I got ideas that I gotta yeah come, you know and that was another excuse I used to use is and when back in my my earlier writing days I used environment as an excuse like I gotta have the perfect I'd place say to most write. writers do that and for sure. and you know what and certainly environment is a huge thing like right. there are places that's why I'm in a hotel right now like mm-hmm. I for whatever reason it is maybe because I never had the money growing up to ever stay in a hotel but like I get in a hotel room I can write all day all night and there's certain places I can write. Other Especially places. Especially if you get a nice, sexy room with a view of chair. You know, had a hook of broads come up. You know, so, so I know what you're doing, Paul. So, so, so <laughs> yeah. you know, there's a friend of mine. Uh, her name is Jen Matson. She like she like <laughs> writes in New York and writes all this travel stuff. She turned me on to this book called uh, something about like writers' habits or writers' processes or something like that. Mm-hmm. It kind of like takes all these famous writers and kind of. Oh, I've like, seen that. I know what you're it's like about. an infographic mm-hmm. of oh, I'd love what, to what they that. do. For their day, right? And I believe that like Maya Angelou would do that. She would go to a hotel and check right. in and write. Yeah, and she'd like not be disturbed for mm-hmm. like nine a.m. to like four p.m. or something like that. Or mm-hmm. it's like, and this, yeah. I see all these crazy hours would come in and like you know they start writing. They start writing at like ten p.m. to like six p.m. and then sleep and then yeah, get up they and just have order coffee food. And, they, you know, and it's yeah. like I mean, it's, it was fascinating to see what everyone's time is because they right. need that. Space, you know, they need wherever that time. I mean, not just that space, but but they need that mental space. Right. Of, yeah, of, of and that, and I mean, I'm one of the guys. Like the hotels probably hate me because, like, I, I'm one of those people. I'll rearrange the furniture in the hotel really? room. Oh yeah, I got like right now, man. When I, I check out up against the windows, <laughs> oh, yeah. I pulled the desk all the way down by the balcony. I have rearranged the furniture in That's this room funny. that I'm in. But and that's great. But also, I'm at the point now, like what you were saying, like. I get on an airplane. If I got to write, I got to write. If I'm sitting in an airport and I got to write, I got to write. Mm-hmm. If I'm, you know, if the only option is, you know, sitting on the bed of the tiny little room that I'm renting right now from a dude in Toluca Lake, mm-hmm. that's where I'm going to write. And I'm now able to do that. I'm 
better when I'm in a better environment, right. but I used to, for years, use environment as an excuse not right. to write. I can't find the right place, man. Mm-hmm. It's just the vibe isn't right, right in here, right. you know? I'm looking at a wall. To, yeah. me, like, to me, I just need the chair to be comfortable. Because I have like a little back problem, so like if the chair is not, if the chair starts giving me back pains, like maybe an hour, and I don't know that about an hour in, mm-hmm. then I can't be at that place. But but otherwise, I mean, I write in the movies a lot, you know, because I'm sitting there waiting. Cool. And you and know, there's probably something about that, just a movie theater. Well, there is that, that too. <laughs> like, no, that's good. You, you that's know, that news um, stuff. And the thing is, you know, it's like. I use that 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 markup language called called fountain to type in, so I don't necessarily need to oh, use you gotta teach me. Uh, final draft or shit like that. So I'm just typing on my phone, you know, and I just and I'll just and I'll just write it up in the notes thing, and then I'll just email it to myself and copy it. Oh, okay, and, pay, right. and and the way the fountain is set up, you just like put things in front of the different the different markers. Are you writing or is it typing? No, I just type it. Like, like, so if I like, use fountain, basically. Is that the fountain in Highland? Like the, Highland, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. Derek Hughes, by the way, Derek Hughes, you never taught me that. He promised to teach me that because <laughs> I have that software and I've never used oh, it. Well, well, Go ahead. Okay, so, so, so Highland, you don't necessarily, I mean, you could use that, but like I use this thing, uh, uh, I use fade in, right? And you just, yeah, that's the best. And it's basically, you basically just use like, uh, it's like, as opposed to like, it's shift V to it's shift shift command V mm-hmm. copies it as a fountain thing. And you just basically is when you when you're writing, you put like a period before the slug line. So it's period interior mm-hmm. that, and, and, and it knows that before you write action, That's you just cool. put a um, an exclamation point and before before someone talking you put an at symbol. That's all you do. So it's just mm. and just and then you just start filling out shit. And then like this, and, and then when you type, when you place and it, it in, formats it into it a script format form. in the script format. Interesting. You know that way I'm not even worrying about. I mean, it, it's it, it totally like liberated me writing mm. wise because then I can write anywhere. Now you get more shit done. Get more shit yeah. done. Okay, and that's what it's and, all about. And yeah. I also realized that for me, like it feels very like concrete. Like I'm like hammered in concrete. When I'm writing in in the script format, because right. it's, it's still loose in my head, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like I mean, a lot of times I write longhand because I don't like to 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 erase dialogue and I'm changing. Okay. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm just like I'll, I'll start on the left side of the paper and just write across. Uh, this doesn't work, and then it's all there mm-hmm. as opposed to erase, and I can kind of like figure out like wh- oh, I like that phrasing and this phrasing, and then mm-hmm. I'll do that because. It's just uh, I, I just something I, I figured out for me, you know. But the fountain thing really helps with speed, okay. you know, because you can do it anywhere. And mm-hmm. you know, you're thinking, what? Well, so I don't have like Final Draft on my phone. You don't need it on your phone. Well, there is Final Draft on the app, but whatever. Nobody needs Final yeah. Draft at all. <laughs> Fade in, baby. Yes. So let me so let me ask you yeah. just in in talking about your tweets. So let's talk about what you think you meant between the difference between. Goals and plan. Yeah. Right. Plans, not goals. Because I that was, I started using that little hashtag right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. <clears throat> because what 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 I gathered from the whole thing that you were talking about. Because like I said, it made me start to think about. See, me and my husband every New Year's Eve. Unfortunately, we had a damn party to be at. <clears throat> we go into the room. We he gets his little wine. I get my little sparkling cider, and we sit. And we say a little prayer at twelve o'clock, and then we talk about our goals. Right. This time. I switched it because <laughs> I, I had already written out or written them out, written them out earlier. After reading yours, I went back and went, how are these now plans and not goals? 
And instead of it being, you know, oh, sell the script or whatever, you know, get my body to this position, I started going, how? Yeah. You see what I mean? Well, the plan it, made it, it me it, add well, how. Well, well, yeah, because it's, I, I don't say it's like the difference between strategy and tactics, but it's, it, but it's definitely tactics. Right. You know, you have to kind of figure out what things are you going to do. What, you, you mean, you know, it's like I was talking with, I was talking like with Linnell about something that I I wanted her to read something of mine over the break, and I emailed her mm-hmm. on, and I waited because I was working on Christmas in the afternoon, and I I waited the next day and she, to and I was working on stuff. She was like, "Wait a minute, so you're writing the day after Christmas?" I was like, "What? Well, I was writing on Christmas. I was writing on Christmas. What are you talking?" But but, but <laughs> because to me, I kind of look at it, and it's even like 2018. It's like. The the dates and stuff and every that's arbitrary, right. you know. So that's why I like plans better because it's like how do I like you know I can't I you know I can't say to myself on the fifteenth of this month. Right. It's like okay six days from now. Right. I got to do X. You know I got to have X done. You know mm-hmm. because you will like it's like Paul was saying you'll get into to to a weird mental trap. By trying to reach these certain kind of goals, right. you know, um, yeah. and it takes what I think too, whether you admit it to yourself or not, you're you're taking the responsibility of doing it away from yourself when you go, oh, it's a goal, it's not a plan. Like if I didn't turn that NCIS script in when I got back to town, mm-hmm. then I would be in trouble right. because that was my job. That was the thing. I didn't want to write. They were like, you got the episode. You have to write it over break. You have to turn that in. That's my job, and we all do it because like, we're getting paid to do it, and right. we get in trouble or fired if we don't. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what hit me is like, why am I not holding myself to that same mm-hmm. you know, level? Mm-hmm. And so it just became this thing, whereas you know, like coming into to 2017, I was... So goal oriented, you know. I met with David. I was like, "I'm going to turn Black Twenty Two. We're going right. to turn it into a feature. It's going to be great." And I got this other project, yeah, and I got the rights to that. And like, yeah, I'm going. I'm going to try and write that too this year. And but I got to get a job. I got to get a. I'll, I'll try and get a job with just good people because I'm sick of working with bad people. <laughs> and I do that, and I accomplish that, and then <laughs> then you get a network show that goes yeah, on forever. <laughs> yeah, and then I just but but it just became about like. It was so easy to turn my back on the features and the stuff that I wanted to do for me mm-hmm. because they were just goals. They were aspirations. Right. And it's, so, like, it's like a diet. Yeah. Right. And so I came in. That's part of my like, part of my tweets was all about fitness. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've now experienced both sides of it. And I guarantee you, I don't care who you are. You are a better writer the healthier you are, physically healthier right. you are. Because you have more energy, you have more focus, you mm-hmm. have more drive, you have you can you you have better endurance. You have it's just and you know, when I wrote to this point the best thing I've ever written, that's when I was at my healthiest right. physically and also You was on that bike going thirty miles, wasn't you? I, I was doing century rides. <laughs> right. I was riding well, hundred miles. See, there's I, there's definitely something about that. I mean people you know, if you read a lot about fitness and stuff like that, there is those um Endorphins and things like that 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 actually spur creativity right. and, and spur that kind of next level thinking that happen from when you're working out, exercising that you don't get when you're, you know, chilling. Right. Well, yeah, I have a little thing, and I've talked about this before. I'm always doing. I'm always writing three things. I'm writing the script. I'm writing. I'm 
Um, I'm doing an outline for something else, and then I'll pull out something I wrote 10 years ago and just give it a new look, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> so I always have them going. So I have a timer on my phone that goes off every 45 minutes, and I stop for 10 minutes. I work out, <laughs> and I already went to the gym in the morning. I work out wow, to get those cool. endorphins going, whether it's sit-up, push-up, boom, I go back, and then I move to the next one. So I'm constantly wow. moving forward. There's a reason I have I'm 40 steal that. That I'm constantly really moving cool. forward. So very rarely do I go back to the same thing I was on. I, so I'll, I'll work for 45 minutes on that one. I'll stop, and I'll move and go to the other one. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm constantly. Yeah. Now, if I have a deadline for something, of course, I'll stay on it more. But for the most part, I, keep, I just keep moving. Yeah. You know what and, what, and what I found, like, so when I started doing this, you know, it's been, what were we on the seventh? So it's been like like eight days or so for me. And and that was part of my tweet storm is that you've got to have the same attitude and excitement, enthusiasm and drive on day 198 right. as you do on day one. You know, everybody joins the gym on January 1st. You right. know, everybody's eating crap on January, January 1st. You know, everybody's going to write. <laughs> I was waiting till February to go back to the gym. I, I don't fucking run January. I just do. I, I work out the house. I got to the house. And yeah. it's like, my, can't find well, that's no what I do. And my workout thing is like, I don't do anything near what Hilliard does, which is why I don't <laughs> look as good as him. But it's just for me, I, I, and again, it's all attitude. I'm not allowing myself to make an excuse or right. to be talked out of it. So every morning, I, I'm going to bed way earlier now. Mm-hmm. I'm getting up early again. And the first thing I do is I do my little exercise, which doesn't even take 20 minutes, right. you know. But then I've done it. Boom. And I've right. got my body going. I've got mm-hmm. my blood flowing. And then well, I sit you down well, and yeah, I start uh, work. See, this, you know, you just made a really good point about is the, the attitude. Like, it's all attitude. Ad, ad, attitude is fucking everything. I don't think people even really like yeah. realize because if you're saying to yourself, "I'm the best writer today," mm-hmm. I'm the best writer today, then you're not gonna have these excuses about what's happening, about what you're gonna execute, what you're not gonna get done. Are, oh, what about, how, how do I feel about that? You're just gonna write it right. because you know you're gonna rewrite it again. It's gonna be rewritten. Totally. It, it, there's so much stuff that we put. You know, if you think that you're great because you're telling yourself you're great, there's no self-talk that is now keeping you back. Right. And the and the self-talk is what keeps everybody back, regardless of what it is. This is the question of how do you minimize it? Sure. Um, but, yeah, uh, and that's and that's and that's the thing too. And it's like I had to learn again through 2015 and some other stuff. Like I had to learn the difference, and it's a massive difference between selfishness and self-love. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're, if you're taking care of yourself, is that Kramer? No, Who was it? No. Katzenberg. Oh, Katzenberg. Oh, okay. It looks like Kramer. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, I knew I recognized him. That guy owes me money. No. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I, it's like I, I said, I was just looking at that. This tweet storm from New Year's Eve because I, I said it's um it's not about a new year it's about a new attitude right. it's not like oh I got a new year I'm going to do this it's you have to change your attitude mm-hmm. and once you do that and it's and I'm not saying it's easy but it's possible for everyone right everyone and that was sort of my point when I started really just going nuts on the Twitter thing was it doesn't matter get on mic. if if you yeah right if you yo JK get in it's a, um, it's like everyone has it in them, you know. And for me, I was a 
messed up enough human being that it took devastating stuff to happen for my life and then some other stupid stuff for me to work through all my stuff and go, oh, okay, I'm better than I think I am. But, see, your, but we all have it in us. Your, your tweet, I told you last year, 2017, was a fucking, it was a hard one for me because everything that happened to you in that year oh, yeah. happened I know to me in you 2017. <clears throat> it was difficult, you know. I, I should have made half a million dollars last year. It was like one of those, fuck. By the way, you have to move out. Me. They just buy your building. Yeah, <laughs> you know they do. Yeah. They were over there going, yeah, we can afford this. You got to get a new spot now. Exactly. Fucking, uh, you're on the corner now. <laughs> uh, no, um, I, I mean, look. You're right. look. Hold on. I'm going oh, to my sorry, point. Sorry. Is, is, it was really difficult, but I got I to say, because I still, I think from June, when it all hit, all the way until your tweet is when I woke up. Wow. I have been in a depression for six months. So was I, man. But you would never know because I don't have time to be in one. That's it. I've been working on a show. Nobody you know ever, I mean? everybody thought my 2017 was going great. Right. You know? Right. And then it was like realized, and, and to go back to the self-love versus selfishness and stuff, like what I'm doing in 2018 now, these plans I made, these plans about fitness, these plans about the giant amount of material I'm going to produce, right. it has nothing to do with anything other than it's for my own well-being mm-hmm. because I know... The reason when I'm happiest is when I'm writing. I'm happier, healthy than unhealthy. I'm I'm just I need to take care of myself. If these features sell and that that's fantastic, mm-hmm. you know. If they don't, I'm not gonna go. Oh wow, that was a lot of work for nothing. Right. I'm gonna be like, I got those done. Now what am I gonna write next? Right. Right. And it's a complete attitude shift. And I just I was I was my girlfriend was even talking to me. We were just like noticing. You know, the difference that it, it just, it's, it's such a cliche, but it was like I flipped a switch. And we are all capable of it, but we, the negative self-talk you were talking about, Chris, we constantly, man, there is, there is the, 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 the enemy, you know, mm-hmm. is that whispering jabberwocky inside mm-hmm. all of us is like, you really suck, you're not right. good enough. Oh, right. You know? <laughs> I've told you before, I mean, I've told you before, mm-hmm. like, like that's something that really, that really, um... It, it it it's it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to deal with it's hard oh, to it I mean and like, all artists I, deal I, with we, it you, you you the thing is I think it's why a lot of people are kind of happy to work for someone else in a certain level because they get paid a lot of money and they get to do this stuff and they and they don't have to look at themselves. Yeah, and there's and there's sort of like a comfort in not having to face the internal abyss because there's a lot Absolutely. that is scary about yourself. There's a lot that you nobody to, wants to that, look in the mirror. You have to be, uh, you, you have to be so critical about your own shit and not be, you know, the you gotta, type of the, t- the t- type of feedback you want in anything you have to do yeah. give it to yourself. You got to be more honest yeah, and authentic with yourself than, than anybody. And I think most people don't want to. But but in the, the but see the problem is this right. You are making art, and I mean, at the end of the day, that's what you're doing. Because if you if you weren't, maybe you'd be working in another field writing. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that when you're working and you're making the art for writing, it's about you. And if it's not about you, then there's something that you'll just never get it right. Mm-hmm. And 
Well, Paul, you were and, talking I about. Mean, I mean, people, people <clears throat> might get their money, but then they're going to be like what you're saying. It's like I'm, like I we talked about earlier, getting stimulated an episode. You're still be miserable because it's yeah. not about yeah. him, right? It, 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 anymore, right? You know. But but when I was just scrolling through your your tweet, Paul, and you were talking about purpose. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I think the best thing that ever, one of the best things that ever happened to me through all this these, these last few years is finding my purpose. Mm-hmm. And and it was coming to the realization and acceptance, kind of going from, I always wanted to be a writer to, wow, I made it as a writer to, mm-hmm. oh, I'm a total fraud as a writer, to finally like, that's what I'm here for, you know? Outside, uh, after trying to, you know, be the best father I can be, mm-hmm. my job on this planet until I go is to make art. And it's, and it's, and I'm not comparing myself with Picasso or Tony Gilroy or James Lee Burke or, you know, Octavia, but I mean, I'm, I'm just saying in however I can do it, my purpose is to create stuff. And once I embrace that and realize, man, that's what you're here for. And it, it took it's this really weird thing too it, it almost sounds like a like i counter to it. It, it it's you know we all have this fear especially in this business even more so than i think in the prose writing business we all have that terrifying fear of unemployment and mm-hmm. you know getting the next job and finding the next thing and the script that doesn't sell and being out of work and and what a you know what our guild has you know 80 whatever percent unemployment and I realized, though, at some point when I when I got into this thing of like, this is my purpose, is that, you know what? I don't have the skills to go work in a law firm or a bank or <laughs> be anything athletic or do this or that or anything, but I can make new things, right. and people pay for new things. And I think in our world now, especially more than anything with what's happened politically in our country over the last 12 months or more, and um, like the job of the artist is so critical right now mm-hmm. because it's, it's, it's something that's always been looked at as like, oh, that's art, you know, there's commerce and then there's art. And then it's like, even if it's an episode of NCIS New Orleans, which is the fastball down the middle, straight, giant CBS procedural. Right. You know what you're getting. You absolutely know what you're not getting. You know what? There's 17 million people a right. week that are flipping on that channel, and they can't wait Trust to me, see what Pride I just does. came from Scottsdale, number one show. It, Everybody like, is fucking watching that you know, show. And, it's like, and all those shows, that like, like, yes, I'm not being fulfilled creatively by doing that, but it's still important to someone. I still need to do it right. to the best of my ability. Right. Okay, this is the thing that you said earlier about you're not like Tony Gilroy, you're not like Octavia Butler. It's like for a long time, I was, I, you know, I have this discussion with some people in my, in my head a lot about what is art, what really, mm-hmm. and I used to think about what it was supposed to be. It's a long, like a lot when I was thinking when I was younger, thinking about what was a great movie, what was a great television, what it was a great book, and just like recently, I just said to myself, maybe two or three years ago, if the if the work makes you feel something, Mm -hmm. that's art. 
if the work doesn't make you feel anything, that, that person fail. Well, I think you hit it on the nose. Because anytime the, you, I talk you, to, you, if, I mean, that's what it is. But anytime I talk to a writer, a young writer, uh, artist, whatever, and they ask me about why do I write, I always say, "You ever go to the movie and you laugh? You ever go to the movie and you cry? That's why I write that moment. That's that that moment, yeah. right? Every time I watch a movie is. and I cry, I'm like, God, I want to touch people's like. That's that. exactly that's what it. it is. There's no there's uh, the, 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 the People like Octavia Butler, how she does it is some is some next right. level shit. But that's but you know, but 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 that's what we do. That's yeah. what you do, Paul. Yeah. I mean, I'm just I mean, and even when you just telling me about the Black Twenty Twos thing, I just could like feel it. Like the passion that you had for that right. was like coming out of you. And it was this thing I remember that right. like nobody uh, else could write. No one has it. I mean like let's just you. You know, who's the guy? I think it was uh, uh, Little Richard was asking him, like someone asked him, like, what's the blues? You know, mm-hmm. and he was like, I can't explain it to you. Right. But you know that note when you feel it right. come out of that singer's horn or something like that because you feel it. Right. The audience feels it. And mm-hmm. you just telling that story, you can feel it. That's the passion that's, that you want to convey in, in whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm just like, why is Paul waiting to write that script? <laughs> right. Why is he tripping? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we gave you the pass to write it, know, first of all. Right. I know. You yeah. heard from the Blacks folks. Right. So know. don't worry about that shit. No and that's it's it. Because exactly all of it. us are going to have your back. And, I, you. and that's, how, that's how bad I, I had gotten with, the with you know, just hating on myself was, right. was that. And, and that. And I've come out of that now. But it's like the art thing. We were just, just on Friday in the writer's room. We were talking about art because there's there's this we have a we have a writer's assistant well he's a script coordinator on the show Cameron mm-hmm. Dupuis he's a fantastic kid 24 years old this kid's gonna be a filmmaker All like right. you just know it when you meet someone right. and just the way he talks and yeah. the way and I've read his writing and and I was telling him we were sitting around we were on a break and there were only like three writers in the room and him and I was telling him how much I appreciated because everybody talks about movies and TV shows right. you know in the writers room and. I said, Cameron, you do this thing that I love. Whenever you're talking about some something that you saw, a film or a TV series, you say, you know what, I really love that. Or, you know what, man, I couldn't stand that film. He never does the thing of like, that movie was a piece of shit. Right. And he understands that art is subjective. And art somebody may hate on something and so and, and we were talking because there's another writer on the show that like whatever their opinion is that if they don't like a movie that movie was horrible mm. and if someone else in the room goes oh i really like that movie no you're wrong really and it's like and it's like that's not <laughs> no you can't say that no. it's art you know right. there may be a film that you can break down and go that was terribly directed and it was not very well written or horribly acted and stuff but there's gonna be people that like go and what you're saying they felt something. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, the worst experience I have when I go to a movie theater or watch television is when it finishes and I'm like, yeah, that was a movie. Mm. Like, that's I would they, much rather come out and go, that's oh, I hated failed. that thing. Well, see, that's the thing, Because then it moved me. Like, I, was, I was telling somebody the other day, we were talking about if a movie is divisive, it's actually worked really yeah. well. There was, there was the writer who I was, uh, one of the other writers in the room, the one who's always like, oh, that sucked. Like, he was just railing on uh, Greatest Showman <laughs> and just, just like 
railing on it. And I was like, and I was like, well, see, it got to you. I'm talking about it. I'm talking about it. Look how passionate you are. That's the thing, too. That's a visceral hate you have for that. You know, yeah, that's, I mean, there's tons of movies you see. I was telling my brother the other day, we were talking about Last Jedi, and we must have talked for maybe like two hours about it. And I was like, yeah, but you know what? At the end of the day, it's just us talking about it, but that's where it's successful because, you know, we're not talking about this one movie. Right. He's like, what was that again? I was like, see, because we saw it and you forgot mm-hmm. about it because he doesn't even see? like register. Because mm-hmm. it's so, you know. Geostorm. Nobody <laughs> talks about it. You walk out of that movie and it was so bad you don't even hate it. You're just like, okay. And then, you know, two hours later, the only thing in your mind is like that sandwich you had at lunch. And it's like, wait, did we go to the movie theater? <laughs> Chris, do we know anybody affiliated with that movie? I don't know. <laughs> so let's wrap this up. So, so in essence, what we're learning is you want to focus on your plans and not your goals in this year. I just, I don't, to me, and my, my flippant answer when people ask me about this is like goals are for soccer and hockey, you know? Right. Like you can set your goals and that's fine if that's you, if, if, if you really can make that work. Personally, I can't. I have to just decide I'm going to do something and then do it and don't allow myself because I'm so lazy, because I lack discipline, because I still, you know, hate myself to a certain amount. I know that if I allow that door to be cracked open, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push through it. So I need to just make the plan. And, I, and my plan this year I have a plan to, and it's not like I'm going to work out this many hours and I'm going to work out this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to eat this. It's just like, no, I'm going to take care of myself and I'm getting up every morning and I'm doing this and there's just no, there's no discussion with myself. That's just part of my life now. Writing these things are just part of my life now until I finish them. Which is what I, I was, I was in in Scottsdale last week and I was talking to my sister-in-law and I was on my way to the gym, and I had my tank top on or whatever. And she's like, God, you're, how old are you? I was like, 47. She said, how do you stay, keep your body like that? I said, I don't mean to offend anybody. I will never be fat. And what I mean is I'm so insecure that I will never allow it to happen. You know what I mean? So I've learned to take the negative to the positive, right? God, I wish that was the so, insecure So the I fact had. that I'm insecure... A black gay man from the hood, you know what I mean? Living in West Hollywood, everybody's pretty. All my best friends are in great shape. I got to keep my body right. Whatever. My husband thinks they're cute too. I got to keep my body. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, I'm always making sure that I will never be the opposite of what I don't want to be. So I will never be fat unless I just fucking break my leg or some shit or right. (laughs) So see, that's it. So you don't ever set goals about. Fitness is just a way it's of life. Part, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's your attitude. Lifestyle. It's the plan. Right. You know, I mean, you know, I have this thing on my wall. I want to say it's the Eisenhower Matrix, but maybe it's not what it is. But it, yeah, it's like about things to do, right? So it's a it's a it's a chart broken up with like got three columns. It's like to do, doing, and done. Mm, okay. You know, and it's like, and so I just take like post-it notes and right. whatever it is, and move things around. And it's like I was reading about this. Yeah, because this is something that I this because like, something that Eisenhower was I think developed doing for the D Day thing. So I read about this, and it's like he's all and he was always saying leave stuff on the done uh, column for mm. a, for a week. 
because hmm. it lets you know what you've accomplished. You know, so you're seeing things, even things you've already accomplished. Leave them on there. Yeah, like so. Okay, you know, I'm writing this. You know, like okay, I have to, I have to figure out this log on today. I right. brought, I'm going to do that on Sunday. So boom. So that goes from to, from to do to doing. Okay. And I'm going to leave it on there for the rest of, when I finish it the rest of the week. I see I did that But I you know what that. That, that, I did ah, that. I, okay, It's interesting you say that Because I I do that And I didn't even know I was doing that Until you just said that Is what I used to do When I would have an outline You know And have to write an episode As soon as I would You know Get that page one written Or whatever I'd tear that up And throw it in the trash Because I was like That's one page down And oh, what I do it? now And it's that Is I Um do strike through on every scene. Oh, okay, right. But I leave that 14 page outline in front of me. And so when I get to like page 11 or something, I got to go through and every page I turn is like, look at all that I've done. And it's just that psychological so, thing. Right, right. It's like, okay. And I leave that now and it's, boom, and it's boom, better boom. for me. Because see, it, it helps you kind of like internally celebrate that you've right. done something without having to It's like in the like, beginning, what I say, you know, like, yeah. I know what I can do now. I know what I can do now. And that was the whole sort of thing with that tweet storm was just like, we all have it in us, you know. You don't have to go through the fire. Some of them you may have to, mm-hmm. but you should at least look at yourself and realize that all of us are better than we think we are and can do more than we think we can. Right. Cool. On that note, good episode. That was it. All right. So where are you at, Paul? <clears throat> um, well, Twitter. Uh, that's, that's where I am mostly. I Fizz said hog, it's, it's two Z's. Fizz hog, two Z's, two G's. <laughs> that, that tweet storm, if you scroll back, it's uh, from New Year's Eve, 1231. And, and where it got, where it all blew up is this guy, Scott Myers, mm-hmm. go into the story mm-hmm. guy, you know. He, uh, he sold a couple specs a long, long time ago. I think he's a professor now at a university in Chicago right. or somewhere, and he works with Franklin a little bit, I think. But he's got this blog, and he came at me and said, hey, he didn't know, he never knew about me, but somebody had retweeted my thing and he right. saw it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, man, that was amazing. Can I put it on the go into the story blog? Right. And I go, I checked him out. I was like, okay. <laughs> and, I said, and I said, yes, Scott, you may do, you may do right. that. And, um, and then, then it just really right. blew up. Then it's right. like, yeah. I, and then everybody starts seeing it. So I told you, remember, because I, te- I texted you saying, people are asking me, can, can this be a blog? Can this be an email? Yeah, it was, like I'm glad it was so positively received. I'm glad. It, it makes me feel good. It's like you, when we were talking about, like, you, you want to write something that, that touches somebody, that makes right. somebody feel something. You know, I have my, my button is the aspiring writers and you know the whole my whole mm-hmm. thing with the gurus and, and ripping people off and and I just if I can if I can give back if I can pay it forward a little bit because I'm so lucky to be sitting here mm-hmm. I'm so lucky to be employed and do what I do um, and I know how hard it is to get in so right. anything I can do I was just I was very humbled and appreciative that it was received so positively because you you didn't do it with any intent but just the no, I was, just, I was just in the air. If that plane had been on time, right. that tweet storm would have never existed. Right. People always ask you, how do you go viral? It's like, don't try. Yeah. You know what I mean? People try to go viral. That's why it doesn't. Yeah. You know what I, mean? that was, I was telling my son, who, and I adore my son more than life itself, and he's an amazing young man, but oh my God, all, <laughs> his goal in life is to be a YouTube star. Oh, no. And I'm like, no, man, that's YouTube and star don't go together. That's like porn star. That's like, no, there is no star connected with YouTube or Vine or anyways. I'm mm-hmm. getting, that's another episode. Okay, that's we're done. <laughs> Where are you at, Chris? Uh, you can find me at DerekBrothers.com 
or at um, on Twitter at um, unauthorized CBD. How you guys doing with the t-shirts? I still ain't seen no photos of them. I, I was gonna wait till this week. I'm gonna do it tonight. I'm gonna do them tonight. But you got like, a whole fashion line coming out. I have some yeah, stuff. Dude, he's got I some cool stuff. Tell him, mine. Tell, him, tell him what's up. I have so. I, and you got some. Some you. We got some young baby riders sitting I'm, here I'm, chilling. So, uh, yeah, I have a t-shirt that uh, it's called. The Queen, You're gonna love this. One. It's called the Queens of Cinema, and it's just. And it's Who's just, all on and it? it? Tell him. It's, tell it's just the first names because these women need to see about the first names of like these like seven black female directors who are like who are who are making positive change. Right now, it's available on the site. It's right. on DerekBrothers.com. It's on the. So the go get that. Oh, and I can't have one because no, because I'm the token white guy in this <laughs> podcast. I didn't say that. You can go on site. You can go on it. It's there. There's like there's like some seven samurai mugs. One of those. Right. There's like some. You never told me that you're. It's, just, it's look. It's just I'm I'm still working on a few more things. Clothes. I'm a few more. I'm a I'm a clothes freak, man. That's well, I look, love stuff look. like that, and I love inside baseball stuff. I love anything that's like like that. You're what you're wearing right now. I dig <laughs> stuff like that. Is that John August? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yes. I got his. Um, but it didn't come yet. The script note, the new one? The one that was, uh, oh, I'm blanking on it now. It's the two words. Um, it's Mason's two words. Oh, I, I, I know exactly. It. I oh, there's a shirt for him now? Yeah. It, it was oh. a shirt. It's two. It's, it's I, like a thing or so. A it's thing a thing. Yeah, 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 I can't, yeah, I'm just blanking on it now, so I shouldn't even mention it. But yeah, but I love stuff like that. So It's, it's not uh, Sexy Craig, is it? No. No, okay. No, no. It breaks, I'll my, do the art breaks my heart I'll, that you know what? Chris it's, cut me out of his... Uh, Clothing line. What are you talking not, about? Not, it hasn't officially not. launched. It hasn't officially launched. <laughs> it's all right. I've just been. Um, He's just testing the water. He's it's like a couple of things. I mean, I was telling someone about. I, I was telling someone about the other day, and they were like, "Well, where's the one for men?" And I, for the same thing, I was like, "I got to do that." And it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I've look. I definitely been slack on it. It's only because I've had all this writing. I, I What's cool to me is that, that it's done. female directors. That's what you know. Well, yeah. like, I'm not gonna wear a that. Shirt we that even says have Martin seven. and Steve <laughs> right. and George yeah. and yeah. you know Ridley uh, and no. Yeah. I want the I want the those female. Are, no, right. you don't need that. And I kind of feel right. like these women. It was it's so it's it's D. Rees. It's like it's Ava DuVernay. It's um, it's, it's Darnell Martin. It's Cassie Lemons. It's Victoria wow. Mahoney. It's uh, it's I'm a I forget the other couple other people. It's on Gina, there. Gina, Gina, yeah, Gina yeah. Prince, yeah, right there. It's because like I've kind of yeah, you know, just thinking about okay, so, you know, like you know, what are they doing mm-hmm. that we need to see? You know, because I was thinking about it. Just see even more. Just the other day, I was watching Lady Bird, which which mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody's seen, but uh, it's a fascinating movie because it's a movie we've seen, right? From the point, but from from a guy point of view, a lot. I think to see it from a woman's point of view, the girl in high school wants to get out of a small town, and it was just like a refreshing type of story. And the and just the little touches that she added about like a woman coming of age sexually, you know, is like we just don't see that enough. And it was really, it was, and it was well done. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it was really really. I well haven't. Done. I haven't yeah, seen and, it. And uh, so yeah, that's why. So. Okay. Cool. The art will be coming. In the next couple of days. <laughs> That's a goal of his. Hey, that was that. That was that. <clears throat> and I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. Follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. Any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Um, please go on iTunes, give us a five star review. We need that for the metrics. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, all that shit like that. Um, a lot of good shit coming up in this new year. Um, like we said, this was a good episode about, you know, change your plans to your goals to plans. That's just important. That attitude, man. I'm telling you, man. Attitude. Look look for that. What was the word we used again? Um, 
What was the main word you used? I've said it earlier. It was the, the through line of it all. It started with the P. What was the word? Passion? No. Started uh, with the P, Paul. <laughs> you remember what it was? Purpose. 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 Look at her. Look at you killing it see? over there. See these, see? See these, th- these <laughs> students are taking notes and shit. <laughs> you got to find your purpose. They're just sitting there going, these guys are such fools. I know. Don't <laughs> know. <laughs> so anyway, so, you know, find your purpose in find 2018. That's some good shit. So everybody joining me for, y'all know what we're going to do. So you know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? Wakanda. <laughs> Peace, y'all. I'ma say what I feel, and I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, they used to pull a kaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room.